Thank you for joining us. Here at VLC, our purpose is to help people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. I, I do have a, a brand new uh, subject that we're going to unpack tonight. Uh, probably, well, we'll see. I don't know how many Wednesdays we'll, we'll get into this, but you know, Wednesday nights, I like to kind of dig a little deeper into some of the things of the Spirit in our life as believers. And, and as I was thinking about uh, uh, the subject, the Lord just kind of put on my heart to begin to just kind of break down the subject of faith. Uh, I, I was kind of uh, thinking back of, of, of my journey, and um, one of the things that, uh, that I heard one of my teachers say years ago and I, I, we used to say it back in the day, um, dance with who brung you. Y'all ever heard that? If you, if, you're, if you got a little age on you, you may have. If you're younger, then no. But what he was saying is, you know, there are many wonderful, wonderful uh, schools and ministries all over the world. But God sent me to a particular place for a reason. And throughout my journey, I've, I've, I've tried to do and be certain things, and, 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 and he's always brought me back to this one mandate. God told Brother Hagin, you go teach my people faith. And as I was thinking about you know, my journey and, and uh, my role, uh, the Lord really uh, kind of dealt with me about that. He said, I sent you there for a reason. I need you to teach my people faith. And so we're going to talk about it so that we have, because, and you've heard me say this before, guys, but knowledge, information, that's not faith. And what, what I've discovered is, is church folk, y'all good at saying, mm-hmm. But what happens when you are in the middle of it? See, this is the thing. So, you, you know, well, let me get in. Let's pray and unpack this. God, we love you. We thank you for the privilege of being able to fellowship. And so tonight, Lord, as we unpack the word, speak to our spirits, transform our souls, that we are not just hearers of the word, but we are doers of it, advancing your kingdom in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible says this, since we are surrounded with this great cloud of witnesses. Now, what he's talking about here is this. When you're surrounded with this cloud of witnesses, what is he talking about? People that have gone before us, that's one side of it, but there are people here that are going to witness what you and I do. People that are both born again and not born again. Yeah? He says, since we are surrounded by this group, let's lay aside every weight. L say it with me, let us. Who's got to lay it aside? I know a lot of people just want God to take it. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Say run. Wow, y'all sounded really convincing. Say run. Yeah, because yeah. see, we want our people online to hear y'all, you know, you mean what you talk about. He says, how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to run the race that's set before us? By, by looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's writing out your destiny. Should you be crazy enough to follow him? Should you have enough faith? He's the author and finisher of our faith. And I love what Hebrew says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You see, we are the joy of the Lord. He went to the cross for us. You see, looking unto Jesus, one translation says it like this, keeping our eyes fixed on him. Huh? You think about this. Not, when you look at the life of Jesus, now this is going to be a key to your faith. Now, now understand, everybody, the moment you're born again, Faith is imparted to your born-again nature. That's part of who you are. You are actually designed to live this way. Quite frankly, the human body, the hum humanity is designed to live by faith. You're built this way. This is why God, uh, Paul says in Romans that I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. You see, you can be the worst heathen on the planet, 
like I was, and then you hear the gospel because God built every human this way. You're designed to live. <clears throat> and so faith connects with that seed that's sown. And then you take action with your faith, and guess what happens? You're born again. Everything about the kingdom works this way, everything. And so when you watch Jesus, when you follow him through the Gospels, now that's Jesus on the planet in the human body, but the Christ was from the beginning. So you can watch the Christ through every book of the Old Testament. Jesus was a human anointed one, the Christ, in a body showing us. So when you watch him, not only was he completing his assignment, you understand, just like you and I have an assignment, Jesus had an assignment. Not only was he completing his assignment, he was also fulfilling the prophetic. So often Jesus said, this is happening to fulfill what was written about me. Not only that, he was also establishing God's will in the earth. You remember the leper? Lord, I know you can heal me if you will. And Jesus said, well, let me check with the Father because it may not be his will for you. He didn't say that. We say that. He said, okay, I will. So he's, a, he's fulfilling the prophetic. He's fulfilling his assignment. He's establishing God's will on the earth. But here's the one I like the best. He's the firstborn. He's showing us the second, the third, the millionth, how to live a life by watching him. So, so, so maybe, just maybe the question that you and I should be asking is this. Who is Jesus to you? Hmm? Remember, what, remember that he was actually talking to his disciples. He said, guys, who are people saying that I am? And he went through the, or they went through this list of different people, one of the prophets, etc. Then he said this, who do you say that I am? And Peter by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, said, well, you're the anointed one. And he said, Peter, you didn't learn intelligence, knowledge. It didn't come by human teachings. It was a revelation from the Father that you got this truth. Because they're not even born again, you understand? Huh? Today, who is Jesus to you? Who do you say that he is? Is he your insurance policy from hell? <coughs> <clears throat> is he your ticket to heaven? I mean, seriously. Now, now hang on, because I, I know we have our church answer. But I'm talking about on a Thursday afternoon when your boss just ripped you a new one or, or, every, or something didn't go right with you. You know, somebody, somebody has black flagged you because you were, quote, COVID, and they treat you like the plague. Stop that garbage. You're Christians. Anyway, is he, thank you, Jack. Is Jesus Lord of your life? Is he the master of your life, the king? Hmm? If he is those things, then what is his life telling us? What is he saying when he says, John, follow me and I'll make you what I've hmm? What is he to you? Because here's what's going to happen. The only way you're going to be able to walk in another level of this is by you being willing to do what Hebrews says. He's the author and finisher of your faith, and you're going to keep your eyes fixed on him. The prophet Isaiah said it a little bit differently. Isaiah said it like this. Keep your mind stayed on the Lord. How you do that? Hmm? It becomes a lifestyle for you. You have to develop a way of living that is much more than just a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning thing. You have to have a relationship with Jesus. You have to, one of the things I've discovered <clears throat> with the American church is that we really don't comprehend what a king means. We're getting ready to vote. Don't even get me started. Some of you, I want to talk to Christians for a minute. Where's my, some of y'all watching, you pay close attention to this. You're a Christian. You better get rid of that stupidity and that party junk and ask God something. That's, listen, I am telling you right now that our, our nation, there is something happening. And if the church doesn't stand up, 
Don't be just looking to the preacher. Well, Pastor, I'm glad you're taking your stand. I'm talking about you standing up. Hmm? I'm telling you, there is a line being drawn in the sand, and, 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 and they're making, the, the one side is making it very clear what they believe in, and it is not godly stuff. Wow. Where'd that come from, John? I encourage you, find out what the Lord is saying. Hmm? More importantly, when the church starts to stay, you know, I had somebody bring, okay, I'll be back to my notes in a minute, Derek, just hang on. I had somebody the other day, they said, man, you know that whole separation of church and state stuff. And I'm like, okay. What about, you know what, Peggy, you know what I found out? It's not even in the First Amendment. It ain't even there. It's not there. You know how how it got manipulated because, (laughs) can I give y'all some history? In the beginning, they did write that government should never have a say in Christian practice. That is true. But broken, busted, corrupt judges over the years set precedent in cases trying to manipulate it. But it doesn't say anything. Listen, you better have the church right up in the middle of it. The forefathers that started our nation, they prayed before they wrote those documents. How we doing? Yeah, we knocking it out of the park tonight, aren't we? Yeah. I know, listen, I know I got people on both sides, but I, I, my prayer is that you get rid of sides. You are not a Republican. You are not a Democrat. You are a Christian. And you better embrace that. <laughs> hey, Pastor, you come back hard. I'm happy. But all it takes for evil to accomplish its, and be successful is for good people to do nothing. And for way too long, the church has stayed inside the four walls and saying, oh, come by here, Lord, we worship you. The world can go to hell as long as we can gather and worship. Has to change. And it's starting with this group. Not that, listen, there's, there's thousands of, of, of pastors and, and millions of believers all over our nation that's, they're getting ready to stand up. That's what we have to do. But now, 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 listen, it, it's all good up in here. But when somebody's in your face telling you stuff, see, I know some people think, Pastor, you should just preach. What do you think I'm doing? Yeah, but I don't want to hear that political stuff. You need to hear it. Hmm? I was listening to a pastor today, and he has an uncle that recently passed away, but he was 100 years old, and he served in the military, and he was at Pearl Harbor. And one of his ships got sank. And his son, or his nephew, is a pastor, and he's whining a little bit, and he's talking to his, at that time, 99-year-old uncle. And he said, he, he, he held up his shaky 99-year-old hand, and he said, stop it right now. He said, stop your whining. He said, you all do not, you don't know what struggles are. He said, I was pulling my best friends out of the water, their bodies out of the water. See, I believe that we're in a time in history that if we don't stand up, you see, the, 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 the history teaches us one thing, that evil, if you don't do something about it, it just chips away at a little at a time. Just, just like Hitler that's, that's exactly how he, every communist regime, that's, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> y'all okay? All right. So for us tonight, I think it is time, if we're going to be people of faith, let, all right, let's, let's be people of faith. Let's know who we are in the body of Christ. And in the words of the apostle Paul, having done all to stand, stand. He didn't say sit down and take a nap and just see what happens. Stand up. Tell your family. I know they may not agree with you. I know your neighbor may not agree with your thoughts. And you're going to do it with love. I know I'm a little intense tonight, but you're going to be nice to people. 
You don't have to scream in their face to make your point like some do. You don't have to burn down cities and tear down people's businesses. I heard a report the other day in, in the United States, 100,000 restaurants, 100,000 will not reopen. People have lost their livelihood and their career path. That has to change. And if the church will begin to believe God, not be mad at people. This is not about people. This is about principalities and power. This is about the kingdom of darkness manipulating people. We've talked about this, you all. <clears throat> but we have to learn how to exercise our authority as a believer. That means it requires faith on your part. Here's the problem. Until you actually know who you are, Romans chapter 8 says, letting your, if, if, if we let our sinful nature, nature control our mind, it leads to death. But if you let your spirit control your mind, it leads to life. This is why in Romans 12, Paul says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world. Don't do that. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, what, what God is looking for in us today is someone that can sit down in the break room on their job and, and, and talk about Jesus, talk about the things of the kingdom of heaven and not be shaken right. and not be confused and manipulated. Well, you need to keep churches and, and, and you know, states separate. No. The church needs to land right up in the middle of state. Some of you all in this room, you need to be city officials. You need to be in the middle of all that say, no, this is not godly. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but here's the thing, guys. Until we actually are willing to step out and trust Jesus that he's going to empower us, that he's going to give us the strength to do this. One of the things I've learned as, as I follow Jesus, the more that I stay dialed in on him, the more I'm learning that this, this life of faith, it ha just like your human life, faith has to be developed. You have faith in you, but it has to be developed. And then when you're in the middle of, of whatever, you have to have enough trust in God. See, I, I know I take you guys back to Daniel all the time. But I believe Daniel is one of the most relevant end-time books you'll ever read. Remember, we talked about this on Sunday. No, you, can't, you weren't here. What are you saying? <laughs> no, I talked about it on Sunday. I hope you was with me. But Daniel was praying for his people. And a bunch of politicians wanted to stop him. Really, it wasn't the politicians per se. It was a principality in darkness that was using people to come against the dude that was praying. Just like today. The problem is the church needs a wake-up call that this is where you're going to make a difference is in the other world. Stop yelling and getting mad at people. And so Daniel, as his custom was, he would open the doors in his condo and he would pray. And they said, we're going to pass a we're there are some laws that have been passed in our nation that need to be changed. I'm telling you, this stuff is so relevant for today. And so Daniel's praying to God about his nation, about his people, about the will of God happening. He's living in a heathen nation. huh? And so this group of politicians get together and they're trying to manipulate the system. And they get this king to sign in a new law. And the Bible says in Daniel chapter 6 that when Daniel knew that the new law had been signed, that as his custom was, he went right up into his room and threw the doors open and prayed anyway. And they came and got him. They, 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 they came and got him. They're like, man, why, why didn't God deliver him? Well, God wants to get some glory in it, okay? So sometimes God will let you get thrown in the lion's den. So that, so that he can get the, because if God just crushed the, the bad people and just, what? Hmm? Whereas Daniel's faith wouldn't have been developed. See, a lot of times it's in the middle of the storm that you find out what you actually believe. Huh? And so Daniel, as his custom was, he flung the doors open, he prayed, he winds up in the lion's den. 
but it's there that God's hand had him. He didn't waver. He didn't see faith is this unwavering, relentless, like we like the, the, the title of my message. Uh, let me see if I can. I think I wrote a little note down here. It's a little love note to Tracy. No, I'm, I'm playing. <laughs> we, I, I titled this Persistent Faith. And so I went and looked up some of the descriptions of this word persistent. Tenacious. Hmm? Determined. Resolute. I remember watching National Treasure. Y'all ever seen that movie? And they're talking about the, what are they talking about? The declaration, and he says that, and one of the clues, what it, it, well, he called it a resolute. It was forever settled, purposeful. Here's the one I like the best, single-minded. See, this persistent, single-minded, tenacious faith, that's what God is looking for, like Daniel had. That's what he's looking for. There's a beautiful story <coughs> in uh, Luke chapter 18. There's this lady that, that is wanting a judge to bring justice to her case. And she's praying and she's going to the judge and going to the judge. And, and listen to this in the Message Bible. Because the judge got frustrated with her. And the master said, now this is Jesus talking about what just took place with this lady and the judge. Because she had this, huh? She had this relentless, this, this just, Yeah. The master said, do you hear what that judge, corrupt as he is, is saying? So what makes you think God won't step up and work justice for his chosen people? See, there are some corrupt people making decisions now. And what God wants you to understand, just like in this situation, the master is saying, what makes you think God won't step up and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for him? Won't he stick up for them? I assure you, this is Jesus talking, he will. He won't drag his feet. And how much more of that kind of persistent faith will the Son of Man find when he comes back? What Jesus is saying is, am I going to find this kind of, the kind of faith this woman had, will I find it when I come back? I'm saying yes. I'm answering the question, the question we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna be that kind of person. We're going to talk about faith, and we're going to talk about faith. You see, guys, we have to adopt a completely different way of thinking. If we're going to appropriate the things of God, because like the, like the pastor's uncle was telling him, he said, stop whining. You haven't seen tough times. You haven't. Not like some of, I mean, not like some of our ancestors, some of the things that they've went through in history. The people that made this nation, we guys, come on. We, we really live, I mean, we got this wonderful, comfortable building. There are people in other nations that they can't do this. And if they, they I should rephrase that, they're told not to do it. You know what they do? They sneak in to place, some of y'all better get this. They sneak in to places to worship together. And if they're caught, they don't just get a fine. They get executed, Jack. And they still do it. We have a lot to learn, you all. And I, I don't think it has to come to that in our nation. But we have to stand up as believers and believe one thing. The Word of God. Not some political agenda, the word of God. You see a real life of faith, guys? Listen, it's not trying to get God to do something. <clears throat> real faith is simply enforcing the realities of a kingdom God has already established. This is why Ephesians, it teaches us, pray this way, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding, my soul, so that I can comprehend what it is that you've already done for me. There has to be a transformation in the way we think, in our soul, in order for us to walk out the things of faith. See, a revelation you got to embrace today is this. Our born-again spirit, it's made just like Jesus. But until our soul aligns with our spirit, 
our human nature will continue to control our life. But the more that the transformation takes place, the more the Holy Spirit will lead you and direct your steps. This is why, this is why Psalm 18 is such a vital, important, prophetic word to me. God says that I will, he says this, my word is flawless. It is proven. It is forever settled. And in that psalm, then he goes right into this, and he says this, and I will arm you with strength, and I will go before you and make your way perfect, and I'll enlarge your path so that you don't even slip. What's all that for? Just to sit back in our recliner and watch another video? No, guys. He's arming you with strength to do something. All of us. See, the New Testament teaches us that God has already given us all that we need to live this dynamic spiritual life. But it's only accessed through faith. So you got to understand that God designed you to live this way, so allow him to teach you how to do it. See, so often I think the, the mistake that we make, you all, is we think, well, if I believe in God, then everything's going to be perfect. What Bible have you read? I mean, the men and women that are in the Scripture, man, they went through stuff. They faced battles. They faced challenges. I mean, the guy that I quote more than anybody, the Apostle Paul, most of his stuff was written from prison. And he said, guys, don't let this fool you. I'm still accomplishing everything God called me to do. He said, don't let these chains discourage you. None of these things move me. But you and I, we've got, to, we've got to have that kind of persistent tenacity in our life. Hmm? Hebrews chapter 11 gives us this wonderful picture <clears throat> of what faith looks like. Now, I want to use the Amplified because it will really help you get a, a, a visual here. Hebrews 11, 1, faith is the assurance. Actually, can we go back? What's the first word? Now. See, the thing about faith, faith is always now. You've heard me talk about this before. There is no future in God. Listen to me. Time as you and I know it, don't exist. It, it doesn't exist there. There literally is no future in eternity. It's, God says, I am. Not going to be, not used to be. I, I know that's hard for you to comprehend with your intelligence. I have a hard time with it. But I believe that we have to understand that God is. His word is forever settled. I am who I say I am, right? Moses said, Lord, who am I supposed to tell Pharaoh, another ungodly leader? Huh? The people of God were in bondage once again, and they were crying out to God. And God said, okay, I got a guy for you. And I mean, you look at his track record. I mean, this dude, he, he, he was... Raised in the palace, spoiled little guy, winds up killing a dude, and then running. And on the backside of the mountain, God speaks to him from a burning bush and says, come up here and let me show you. And then he begins to give him revelation, and then he says, I'm going to send you back. And of course, Moses whines and cries and, and, and you know, all that stuff. Lord, who am I supposed to say? Who, who am I supposed to tell the most powerful leader on the planet. You tell him I am. I am what? I am everything you'll ever need to be. You just go. And then he said, grab the stick. And he picks up a stick and it turns into a snake. And he throws it down. He said, now pick up the snake. Now I know some of y'all like, mm -hmm, not me. <laughs> I'm like, no, make it a stick again, God. Now, <clears throat> huh? Do we ever think, listen to me, do we ever expect the supernatural side of God to manifest in our lives? Hmm? I'm telling you something, guys. We are living in a time in history where, where God wants to, he wants desperately to stand out in his church. But that's the only way it's going to happen is in his church. We are his body on the planet. We have to be yielded vessels. Now faith is the assurance it's the title deed. If y'all have a title deed to something, what's that mean? It's yours. Faith is the assurance, the title deed. It is the confirmation 
of things hoped for. Don't let this word hope fool you with the terminology we use in our English language. This word hope out of the scriptures means this, a fixed, confident expectation. So faith is the assurance. It's the title deed. It's the confirmation of a fixed expectation that you have. What are you expecting from God today? Remember our, our original question? Who do you say he is? See, I am, I am at a place in my, my journey with God that I'm expecting some big things. He goes on to say, faith is the evidence of things not seen. It's the conviction of their reality. What is? Faith. You can say it. It's okay. Faith. And then listen, listen to this last part. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by physical senses. Faith knows it's real way before you see it, like heaven. How many of y'all know heaven's real? How many of you know you're going? How you know? You got a feeling? Oh, I got a feeling. No, you have, you have a knowing, don't you? <clears throat> you have a knowing inside. You see, the degree of success in our faith is direct. It really is directly connected. It's direct proportion to our conviction of what God says. What's the word? How valuable? How do you treat it? What does it mean to you? When you read a word from God, here, here's one of the things that I've heard over the years from, quote, theologians and teachers. You have to, you, Chris, you have to, you have to keep things in context. Stop. Stop it. I understand that there is an appropriate, appropriate study method as far as breaking down the interpretation of scripture. Yes, context is valuable, but not at the expense of revelation. The Holy Spirit could speak to you something out of the scripture, and as long as it lines up with that word, you all know that's how God, that's how God works. That's why Jesus, that's why Paul, all the, the, the apostles, they continually quoted the Old Testament. When the enemy came to tempt Jesus, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He quoted the word to him. See, faith, that's how faith gets inside you to the degree that you're, you're ready to step out on it. You trust what God says. It's this unwavering, it, it's this enduring confidence in God. And when you get to that place where nothing moves you, when you've been believing for two years and you still haven't seen a change in your kid's life yet, nothing moves you. Because you know God's working on your everybody. Now, now you got to understand, here, here, here comes the other side of this. You have to learn how to be a person of authority in the body of Christ and exercise your rightful dominion over the kingdom of darkness. That's, that's the other lesson we learned from Daniel. Remember I told you this last, last, last or on Sunday? Gabriel shows up talking to Daniel. He says, Daniel, on the first day that you prayed, God sent me. But for, the, for 21 days, the prince of Persia kept me occupied. Not a prince on this planet. Now, there was a prince of Persia on the planet, but there was a prince of darkness influencing the prince of Persia. Don't think that some of these leaders in these busted, corrupt cities that's letting all their cities be burned to the ground are not being influenced by the kingdom of darkness. Come on, who in their right mind? My wife's like, <laughs> see, every believer needs to be aware of this. When it comes to living a life of faith, you can't let the outside stuff shake you. Huh? Because there is a battle going on. That's the thing that Daniel wants us to understand. There's a battle going on in darkness. Now, the difference between Daniel and you and me today, <clears throat> the kingdom of darkness has been defeated. They have no power like they did back then. See, Gabriel and Michael, they had to go do battles back then because they still had the power. Not now. That's what we're talking about on Sundays is God has placed us seated in heavenly places with Christ. We have been authorized. We have the power now over darkness. But if a, if a believer never exercises that, well, boy, I wish, I wish they put somebody in charge that would fix that, John. You hear, and when you start getting this revelation, and when you get up in the morning and your, heat, your feet hit the floor, demons, they, they, they're like, oh, shoot, 
she's up, she's up. Because they, they were wreaking havoc till she got up. And then all of a sudden she or he starts speaking to the kingdom. Because guys, what you have to understand, you are in Christ. And the minute you say to the kingdom of darkness, I command you to bow your knee to the name of Jesus, they have no choice. Gabriel doesn't have to do anything. Michael doesn't have to do anything. They have to whoop. And they have to stay there until you release them. Well, that's, that's just far-fetched. What Bible have you been reading? Come on, guys. This is why the things are unfolding the way they are is because most of the church, we don't exercise, we don't, know, we don't talk about it enough for it to be a reality in our life. And that means that we have to stop assuming that faith and information are the same thing because we are of an information age, man. I can click a button and go get any information I want to. That's not faith. Huh? Let me show you what faith really looks like. Matthew chapter 14. You've heard me talk about this story hundreds of times, but this is the story of Peter walking on water. Now, did that really happen? Come on. Did a, did a dude really walk on water? Okay. Because I got, I, I got a lot of people that just think this is fairy tale stuff. They, think they, they, they really think I'm crazy. And I mean, I, you know, we, there, there could be some argument there on both sides, but yeah, <laughs> right? Tell them, Chris. But listen, you, you can't pick and choose, guys. If, if, if this isn't true, None of, none, come on, none of it's true. This dude is walking on water and the, the storm, see, I, I keep trying to bring you to this because we are in the middle of a storm right now. And what Peter did is he got his eye off Jesus. Now, remember, we started our talk in Hebrews, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, right? That's how, that's how faith, that's how you operate in that arena by keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Well, Peter was fixed on Jesus and he's walking on Water. Water. Yeah, I, I mean, my mind still goes tilt with that because, you know, in the natural, that doesn't happen. But he's in the supernatural. Guess where we're at? But we don't think about, Peggy, we don't think about supernatural enough. What's, what's even worse? We don't talk about it enough, Nicole. We don't talk about supernatural enough. That has to change, guys. we got to talk about the supernatural. Uh, it, it will never be relevant in our lives if we never talk about it. And now, now understand, Brother Hagin always taught us to stay in the middle of the road. So if you go getting weird, Amanda and I were talking about some prayer stuff the other day, and I said, now who's going to run this? Well, in the beginning, I am, because I know people get flaky and goofy when it comes to that stuff. So when I come tap you on the shoulder, like, mm, we're not going that way, don't get offended. I got one that's right. We have to, guys, we have to learn, and a key is staying balanced. Don't be that, don't, you've heard me say this hundreds of times, don't be that weird Christian. But I do want you to be that spiritual person. So Jesus is out here, and Peter's walking on water to him. And he gets his eyes off Jesus, and he starts looking at the storm, and he begins to sink. Right? The power began to fade. Now, he's operating in the supernatural. And then he got his eyes off Jesus. First of all, you all know that nobody begins to sink. There is no, no you, 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 there was no beginning. But it, according to this story, he had enough time to call out to Jesus. And Jesus had enough time, if he was close enough, to reach out and grab him. The Bible says that he stretched out his hand and he called him and he said to him, watch this, Oh, you... Of little faith. No, don't, don't, I'm not talk, I don't want to focus on the little faith part. I want to focus on the next part. Why did you doubt? Because most of, un, most of, us, of us in this room, if you sat under my teaching any length of time, you got some faith. Right. You do. The problem is, <clears throat> like Peter, we allow the circumstance, the storm, the situation to interfere in our thinking, and all of a sudden we, we, we give place to doubt. And then you begin to... See, God is looking for believers, guys. Listen to me. 
I'm talking about right now, he is looking for believers that will stand up right in the face of pandemic. Right in the face of it. Right in the face of uncertainty without being discouraged, without being fearful. And, and, it's, and are you ready for the other side of it? And not being angry at people. Stop it. Huh? I mean, we had a couple people that, that tested positive. And I got reports of how people were treating them like they got the plague. I wanted to open up a can of slap on somebody. You know, the thing about this, Jack, here's the thing I've learned. We were talking about this today. It, it's, such, it's so ridiculous, some of it is. You got to go test it to, to see if you got it. Like, you might have it, you might not have it. I don't know, but we'll, we'll run a test on you. <laughs> you know what? I saw another number the other day. 75% of flu case, or, or flu is down 75%. Because they all got COVID. Now the flu doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> right? R listen, guys. We have to be people that are full of the love of God, full of the joy of the Lord, and we have to be people that are, that are able to stand in uncomfortable, uncertain situations and know who we are. Huh? You have to be able to have conversations with people about this and not get mad. See, our enemy, listen, our enemy would love to keep us distracted with other stuff. Huh? Especially this one. You know what he really does, Stephen? He likes to, he likes to get people thinking, yeah, you got faith. Well, if I got, if I got, Derek, if I got faith, why isn't it working? And then when you start verbalizing that stuff, he's like, oh, I got him now. I got him on the ropes. Stop saying that stuff. It is working. Remember, we're talking about this on Sundays. This is how the kingdom of heaven works. How's the kingdom of heaven work, y'all? No. I'm what did I tell you on Sunday? The kingdom of heaven is like what? I got one person with me. Thank you, Cody. Y'all better start listening. I guess I'm going to teach that series again. The kingdom of heaven is like a, like a man sowed a seed, all right? So if, if you planted a seed, if Rodney planted tomatoes, he doesn't go back tomorrow and like, why isn't it working, God? I planted a tomato. It is working. It is working in your life. The seed, the word of God is alive. Guys... Here's the thing, you have to at some point, we have to stop resorting to human reasoning to determine the realities of God's word. Your faith will always be like Peter's. It'll be undeveloped and you'll be full of doubt and it'll keep you thinking the wrong stuff and the enemy will just wreak havoc in your life. See, faith is this assurance. It's this conviction. Let me show you something in Matthew chapter 8. This, this is a, y'all okay? I'm getting ready to wrap things up. I know I don't want to go too long tonight. See, that was the, the other side of not having anybody in the room. I could preach as long as I wanted. I mean, if y'all got tired, you just turn me off, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, Matthew chapter 8. Now, now, I want you to see this. This story is the story of a centurion soldier. Now, this guy He's not even a person of God, no covenant with God. And his servant is sick. And he comes to Jesus, and watch this in verse 7. He's asking Jesus to come heal him. And what's Jesus say, y'all, in, in, in chapter 7? What's that say? I will. Have, let me encourage you. When it comes to healing, we talked about healing for several weeks in our previous session. Go through the Gospels. Follow Jesus. Find me one time, Jesus said, I won't. Go find me one. Hmm? He said, I will. Come and heal him. The centurion, I love this. The centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy. He knows who he is, y'all. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Watch this. Only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I understand authority. Having soldiers under me, 
See, a centurion means that you have at least 100 people under your guard. He's leading at least that many in one, you know, in, in, in one group of, of, of soldiers. This guy, he's a military guy. Uh, you understand? He says, I got people under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. I understand authority, Jesus. So all you got to do is say the word because he knew who Jesus was. All you got to do is say the word. Well, I, I said that. I tried that one time, and it didn't work. I almost said shut up, but I'm, stop. Sometimes your mouth gets in the way of what God's trying to do in your life. Stop. It is working in your life. Jesus told this guy, he, he turns around, and he, the Bible says that he marveled. Jesus marveled at this dude. He said, I, I want to tell you something, guys. I haven't found faith like this in the nation of Israel. What was, it, what was he referring back to? He understood authority. See, my point tonight for you is this. I need you. God needs us understanding who we are as people of God. We are designed to live a different way. And it starts by keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus because it's so easy to drift, you all. Look at Peter. I mean, Peter's walking on water. Just like split second, he gets his eyes off Jesus and he begins to drift. You see, guys, vision drift. I talk about this with my staff quite often. Vision drift is a real thing. And our enemy, he is a master of distraction. See, I believe this is why Jesus asked this question. When I return, will I find this kind of persistent faith that this woman had? Will I find this kind of tenacious single-minded faith. When I come back, am I going to find a group of people believing me, exercising their God-given authority as people of God on the planet? See, I believe that God is coming back for a glorious church. I believe he really is. And I believe he's looking for candidates all over the planet right now to rise up and embrace who we are as people of God. Huh? People of God. Are you with me? Isaiah says it like this, keep your mind stayed on him. See, when you do this, you avoid that, that drift. I love what Hebrews chapter 2 says out of the message. It is crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we've heard. Why? So that we don't drift off. See, a life with Christ is an on-purpose life. You won't find yourself walking at another level of faith. Do you think the stuff that Peter did in the Bible was just because God liked him better than you and me? No, I believe God is looking for people that will do crazy stuff just like that today. The difference is, Peter was, he learned his lesson on the water. He became single-minded. He told the dude at the gate, him and John, he said, hey, I don't have any money today. I left my wallet at the house. You ever pulled that card? I don't have my wallet with me today. <laughs> but what I do have, I'm going to give it to you. What I do have, I'm going to give it to you. He knew, guys, he knew. He didn't waver. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up. And the dude just got up. Where's that at today? It doesn't come by wishing. It doesn't, guys, it doesn't come on, on, on your favorite TV show. Not even Hallmark. Mm -mm. It, 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 you know how it comes? One way. You sit at the feet of Jesus, and you let him renew your, your mind until you think differently. Because here's the thing I can promise you this. When your thinking changes, listen to this, your believing changes. And when your believing changes, your living changes. See, God is looking for this group of people right now that will be bold in who they are. Not, not arrogant, not disrespectful, none of that stuff. Bold in who they are. They slapped Paul when Paul brought him before uh, the high priest and he didn't know who the high priest was because he wasn't dressed in his royal apparel that day and they slapped Paul and Paul said God will slap you you whitewashed wall <laughs> see God is a God of vengeance 
make no mistake, it shall be unfolding. Hmm? For us, we, we on the right side of things. But we have to be people of faith to do that. People that, are con- that, that we have this conviction, that we are fully convinced, that we have this title deed, that what God said he will do. Who God says he is, I believe that that's who God says he is. Huh? See, this is the thing that we have to be willing to embrace today. And, and this life of faith, you got to work at it. You got to sharpen your skills. Huh? That's what Ecclesiastes says. It says that keep your axe sharp. Keep your axe sharp. That's the thing that God is looking for us today. A real life of faith is not trying to get God to do something. A real life of faith is stepping into a world and discovering and enforcing the realities he's already made available for us. You are. We are the people of God. He said, go. He told the children of Israel, go in to the promised land that I had. We're going to talk about it Sunday morning going into the promised land. Going into the land I have given you. It's yours. He said, go in and get it. I know, there's, I know there's evil there. I know there's giants there. I know there's challenges and difficult. I said, go, it's yours. I have given it to you. But we got, we got to go. We got to go, right? Well, yeah, we, we do. It's 7.50. We got to go. Uh, <clears throat> let me pray over you. We'll get you guys out of here. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, this word tonight, help us. And, and never let me be, a, you know, or, or people perceive me as being offensive in any way. That is not my heart. But God, speak to us tonight. In our, in our night season, Father, in the next days ahead, stir up inside us that we have a mandate, that you have, like Esther, you have called us for this. This is our time, Lord, and we humbly and just crazy enough in our faith to accept it, Lord. We will keep our eyes fixed on you. We trust you, Jesus. Enlarge our path. Arm us with strength. That having done all to stand, we will be able to stand and exercise our authority. In your mighty name, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.